podcast world, welcome to the Canal Valley Church Sermon Podcast. We like to think of it as deep biblical teaching that's actually made fun. If you like it, you can listen to more series at www.canalvalleychurch.org. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. The young people do a great job this morning. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And, and uh, you know, I love what uh, Alyssa shared about how as a body we uh, rejoice together and we hurt together. And today is a day of gains and losses to a certain degree. Um, we are losing Quentin, who we love you. We're so thankful for your years here at State. You've been such a great part of the fellowship, such a source of encouragement to so many. And uh, we will miss you. We love you very much. Uh, and also today is Ken's last service, who in three months has impacted all of us. We love you, man. We're going to miss you. Have fun uh, for the holidays and then on to San Francisco. And feel free to stop by and visit with us anytime. But uh, we also have a lot of gains going on. We have Jasmine with us, the Combs have their beautiful little foster daughter there and so great to have her and so we're praying for them as well as the Johnsons are hopefully going to be welcoming a new member of the family this week so we're excited about that so lots of cool things going on you know sad things but cool things Uh, as well as we want to be praying for Devin as he is uh, facing some potential um, medical things that need to be dealt with so be praying for for him and for Randy and Sharon as one of their uncles is in the hospital and they don't think he's going to make it out. And so they're actually going to be heading out and heading up there. So a uh, lot going on. Yeah. So as we approach the word of God together, what do you say we say a prayer? Yeah. Father, we love you. We're so thankful that you've given us this family. I, my heart was so moved as Corey was talking about the unity and the, the fellowship we have with one another. And then Alyssa talking about how when one part hurts, uh, we rally to that. And when one part rejoices, we celebrate and God, we, we're so thankful to be the body of Christ and to uh, what you've given us in this family. And God, we do. We want to pray for our family right now. We pray for Devin as he goes into this testing and these medical treatments that you would your hand would be with him and guide that. Be with the Jackson family and strengthen them uh, as they go through this as a family and help us to rally around them and support them. But we really pray for his health, Father. We pray for Randy and Sharon and all the things going on with the family, the family in Honduras and all these different things going on. Uh, We just pray that you comfort them right now and be with Uncle Don as he is in the final hours here and comfort him, Father. We pray that you be with them in a special way and and so many other needs. Uh, John and Angie as they uh, hopefully have a baby this week and the Combs as they assimilate children. Just so much going on, Father. We humble ourselves. We pray for one another and we pray that your hand will be with us. Right now, we, we come before your word as this amazing gift from you. We pray that your spirit would guide us through it. We pray that you would uh, lead us to deeper conviction and understanding together as we study it and strengthen us as a community of faith as we study your word together, God. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I have to do something about this podium. I feel like I'm up by my eyeballs. There we go. I feel so much better. Oh, don't you feel better? I feel better. Amen. All right. Well, look with me over in Colossians chapter four. What'd you say? That's right. That's right. Colossians chapter four. Oh my goodness. What a great study the book of Colossians has been for us. And guess what? 
This is it. Today is the last day of the book of Colossians. We're going to finish it up in Colossians chapter 4. And and, uh, man, hopefully for you, this has been a time of understanding how simple our faith is and how simple it's meant to be to bring Christianity into our lives and into the world. And today we're going to close that out by looking at Colossians chapter 4. Uh, together. So let's go ahead and read there. We're going to start reading in verse 2. We actually covered verse 1 last week, but uh, we'll pick it up in verse 2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Verse 5. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who, who is called Justice, also sends greeting. Makes sense. If you're named Jesus, probably be good to get a nickname, right? Yeah. You don't want to be thrown out. What's your name? Hey, I'm Jesus. Really? <laughs> All right, let's go with Justice. All right, let's do that. Amen. So uh, verse, verse uh, 11, these are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke the doctor and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Aristic Archippus, <laughs> tell Bob, <laughs> see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. And we finish the book of Colossians. Amen. What a great study. No, we're going to talk about it now. All right. So let's talk about this passage. He starts out uh, kind of closing out this thought, this whole umbrella thought of setting our mind on things above and, you know, where, where, our, where our life is and that, that whole umbrella. And he's led into all these practicals. Last week we talked about the practicals of our careers and our works, right? And I know all of you this week have had amazing weeks of celebrating your role in God's bigger plan of creating cosmos out of chaos as you get up and get dressed and go to work and no, not, not yet. So we have some work to do. We got some work to do. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, but today, here Paul rounds out right after that, and he turns towards our, our life and our devotion to God. 
And in verse 2, he says, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Uh, My first point is lean in. You know, this word here for devote yourself in the Greek is proskartario, which it means to be strong towards something or to lean towards something. It's like something, you know, when you're attracted to something, you, oh, you kind of walk towards it. You know, picture walking through the mall and you see that car. You know, you ever, know, you ever wonder why it's weird? There are cars for sale in the mall. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's for the men because they spend all this time. It's like a shop. I hate this. I hate this. They're passing shops. I hate this. Ooh, a car. Ooh, a shiny car, right? And then you're like walk towards the car because you like to, you know what I mean? That's the idea here is you, you lean towards, you're your, your, uh, inclined towards something. This word is used throughout the New Testament. In Acts chapter 1, verse 14, it says they all join together constantly. That word constantly is actually leaning in. Proskaterio. They're leaning into prayer. Acts chapter 2 verse 42, they devoted themselves. That is the word, proskateria. They're leaning in. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Uh, it's used in Acts 2.46, a little bit later, talking about the fellowship. Every day they continued, they proskatero, they leaned into meeting together uh, in the temple courts. Acts chapter 6, verse 4, uh, and we'll give our attention. This is the apostles talking when they set up the, uh, the, the deacons there in Acts chapter 6. It says, you take care of waiting on the, uh, the widows, and we will give our attention. We'll proskatero to prayer and the ministry of the word. We'll lean towards that. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful, proskaterio, in prayer. In other words, that's what we should be leaning into. We should be devoted to this. This is what should define us and what we're all about. How are we doing, brothers and sisters? Are we proskaterio in the apostles' teachings? Man, are we leaning in? Man, my Bible study. Can't wait to get in. Man, look at I got the yeah. I can't wait to study my Bible today. Are we proskaterio to the fellowship, to prayer, to the things of God? Are we leaning into those things? Which way are you leaning this morning? You know, in this, in this chapter, there's so many great examples of people that are leaning in to spiritual things. It goes through, it says, you know, it talks about Tychicus in uh, verse 7 and 8. Onesimus is a, a slave who was converted in Paul's ministry and went into leadership. And that's actually what the book of Philemon is written about. That is a company letter to the book of Colossians. We never discussed this, I don't think. But it was actually sent to the city of Colossae because Onesimus was a slave from Colossae who escaped to Rome, was converted in Rome, became a leader in the Roman church, but felt like I've actually got to go back and get right with my master, my former master, who was now a Christian in the Colossian church. And so the the book of Philemon is a letter that Paul sends to the slave master, Philemon, saying, hey, please let Onesimus off the hook. We know you have a right to him. It's a pretty cool letter. So anyway, maybe we'll study that out next week. Where are we? Aristarchus in verse chapter 4, verse 10. Great brother. Mark, 
uh, chapter 4, verse 10. That's the guy who wrote the gospel of Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, right? I mean, he's leaning in. He wrote the gospel of Mark. Justice, who we won't call him Jesus, in verse 11. Great brother, Epaphras. It says he's wrestling in prayer for you. He's working hard for you. Uh, and, and the brothers in Laodicea, like he's leaning into spiritual things. And then Luke in chapter four, verse 14, the doctor who went on to write the gospel of Luke in the book of Acts. Guys, these are people that are leaning in. They're all about kingdom business. They're all about having impact and helping people and serving. Brothers and sisters, is that where you are? Is that what you're leaning into? Because there's a great precautionary tale in this chapter as well. If you go on in in, uh, uh, verse 14, I'm sorry, not verse 14. Where are you, demons? Yeah, verse 14. You see here, it says, our dear friend Luke the doctor, we already discussed him, and Demas send greetings. So here you have a brother named Demas who's working with Paul, sends greetings. Look over in 2 Timothy chapter 4 with me. Second Timothy chapter four, verse 10, it reads, or verse nine, do your best to come to me quickly for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. And here you have a brother who was leaning in for a while. And guys, he stopped leaning in and began to lean away. When we stop leaning into spiritual things, what happens? According to 2 Timothy 4.10, he left because he loved the world. Guys, we're all leaning into something. We're just, that's how God created us. What are you leaning into? Is it spiritual things? Is it things of God? Or is it the things of the world? Demas stands as a precautionary tale for all of us. That if we don't choose, if we don't make that decision to devote ourselves, to lean into spiritual things, we'll lose our heart for God. We'll walk away and we'll love the world. We don't know what happened to Demas. There's no further teachings about him. Okay? But man alive, like, we got to ask ourselves, am I leaning into spiritual things or am I like Demas? Have I started to lean away and be allured by the world? My second point. Come on, Rich. Look out. <laughs> My second point is look out. He says, in the, in verse 2 says, be devote, uh, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Have you ever thought about, like, what does that mean to be watchful in prayer? Like, what are we watching for? Like, I thought you're supposed to close your eyes and bow your head when you pray. How are we, what are we, well, uh, watching? What am I, What does that even mean to be watchful, right? It's kind of a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. Let's be honest about it. It's weird. So the idea of this, this word being watchful in Greek, it's, it's actually the Greek word Gregorio. It's where we get the name Gregory, where Rory gets his name. There he is. So stand up. You're our example of being watchful. No, no, no. You don't have to stand up. I'm just messing with you. Be Rory. <laughs> so it's the idea of vigilance and expectancy as contrasted to laxity and indifference. I'll read that again. Vigilance and expectancy as contrasted with laxity and indifference. Here's a couple passages. Matthew 26, 41. Watch. That's Gregorio. 
watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober, lest Gregorio be vigilant. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober and be vigilant. That's that Gregorio. Uh, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking those whom to devour. Think about, if I was to unleash a lion in this room right now, what would you guys be paying attention to? The Hey, man. Come on, Dustin. That's my man. <laughs> I love him. I don't believe him, but I love him. <laughs> no, we would all be like, ah, ah. Uh, no one would be like, hey, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Want to see what we're going to do for lunch and, you know, turn your back on the line. No, there, there would be an attentiveness of vigilance about watching out for the lion. Right. Revelation 16, 15. Look, I come like a thief. Blesses the one who stays awake and remains clothed so as to not go naked and be shamelessly exposed. Blesses the one who Gregorio, who stays vigilant. You know, to, to be spiritually alert, we've got to make that decision of I'm going to be vigilant. But it says, it's interesting because it says being watchful and thankful is how the NIV translates it. The actual Greek is, uh, is more, it's better translated, keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. So it actually doesn't, it's not two separate ideas of being watchful and thankful, like, okay, I'm going to be watchful and I'm going to be thankful. It's actually keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. So this idea of thanksgiving is tied in with how we are alert. Well, how does that work? Look with me in Mark chapter 13. You know, Jesus often, like we shared about this one, there's a couple of other, there's places where Jesus uses this idea of being watchful or Gregorio. And uh, one of them is in Mark chapter 13. Look over there with me. We're going to start reading in verse 33. It says, Be on your guard, Gregorio. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, when the rooster crows or at the dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, Gregorio, watch. So what's the idea here? What, are we, what does it mean to be watchful with thanksgiving? Okay, God has entrusted us as disciples. Okay, think about all the things that he has entrusted us with. He's entrusted us with God's word. He's entrusted us with the good news of Jesus. He's entrusted us with salvation under the new covenant. He's entrusted us with the Holy Spirit. He's entrusted us with the body of Christ. He's entrusted, he's entrusted, he's entrusted, he's entrusted. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then he goes away. And he's like, okay, what are you going to do with it while I'm gone? 
It's the same idea in the parable of the talents where he gives this one three, this one five, this, you know what I mean? And, and then he goes away and he comes back and calls them all to account and says, what did you do with the talents I gave you while I was gone? And they say, well, I, I invested it and I earned several more. And he's like, good and faithful servant, come and share in your master's happiness, right? But then there's one who says, well, I was scared of you, so I buried it. And what does he say to that one? You wicked, lazy servant, Okay. The idea here is why are we, what are we being watchful and thankful about? We're being watchful and thankful about what God has entrusted us with, brothers and sisters. Like he's finishing this letter, this letter to Colossians. He's talked about this amazing salvation we've had. He talks about all these ways that it affects our life and and our families and, and every part of who we are. And we've been entrusted with this. And he says, now be watchful and, th- and thankful. Like, make sure you don't forget what you've been entrusted with and make sure you do with it what God wants you to do with it. Does that make sense? Brothers and sisters, you have been entrusted by God. Now, back then when a servant would be entrusted, that's like the highlight of their life. You remember the, the dance of the three graces? where someone, with someone from a higher position in society would, would help a, a person from lower part of society and say, I will, I will help you become this career, that career, and would help them to elevate their status. But then there was an expectation of response to, those, to that gift. That's the picture here. As a servant, you're getting a chance to pr- prove yourself. You're getting a chance to show yourself faithful with this amazing gift from the master. Does that make sense? So what are we thankful about? We're thankful about our shot. Brothers and sisters, you and I, we got a shot from God to do something amazing with our lives, with what he's entrusted us with. Man, he he wants to see, all right, what's Alyssa going to do with this? I've given her the Holy Spirit. What's she going to do with that? You know, how's that going to affect her? Q, I've given Q the word of God. What's he going to do with that? And he's waiting and he wants to see how we respond to this amazing trust. And the reason we're watching is because someday he's going to come back. And we're going to be called to account on what we've done with it. And it's interesting because you look at the very thing he goes to right after calling them to be watchful and thankful. is to pray for us too. Okay? In other words... You be watchful and thankful because you've been given the message of salvation to go preach it and this this amazing new covenant and pray for us too. And what does he say right after that? That God may open a door for the message. In verse 4, pray that I may proclaim it clearly. And then he goes on to instruct them to be wise in the way they act towards outsiders. Does that make sense? It's like, what's the trust we've been given, brothers and sisters? The message to go preach to let everybody know, to give everybody a chance to respond. And, and Paul says, pray that I'm faithful to it. Pray that God opens a door. And then when he opens the door, pray that I actually proclaim it clearly like I should. And you guys, this is how you guys handle that trust correctly. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which leads to my third and final point. Look around. You know, here's the opportunity that we've been given by God is to take this amazing message message and share it with the world around us. You know, he goes on in verse 5, he says, make the most of every opportunity. The actual Greek there means to redeem the time. In other words, time is lost and meaningless until we step in and actually use it for God's purposes. And then we redeem it. 
And the Greek word there for time is kairos. You guys remember when we did the kairos versus chronos study? <laughs> it's been a while. Kairos, chronos is like time, like hours, month, weeks, months, that kind of thing. Kairos is opportunities and seasons. And so he's saying, man, you have this season in life. Capitalize on it. Or you have this moment that's been presented to you capitalize on it. And you remember the, the pictures of Kairos and Kronos. Kronos was the big, yeah, Kairos was the big uh, guy with all the gears and everything. But Kairos was the Greek god and he only had a patch of hair on the front of his head. Yeah. Because once it passed, you couldn't grab it from behind. Yeah. You had to grab it from ahead. Remember that? Yeah. That's a cool picture, isn't it? Yeah. And that's the idea, guys. He's saying you, you have divine moments in your life. And if you choose to be faithful with this incredible trust we have, you're redeeming that time. You're taking it back for God. And instead of it just being what the world wants to do with it and lost and pointless and meaningless, you make something powerful and glorious out of it. And we get that opportunity, guys. You've been entrusted with that. I've been entrusted with that. How cool is that? How great are our lives? We're not just kind of, I know you guys are in the middle of exams. I look in your faces and I feel your weariness. I get it. I know life is all kinds of stuff going on. I get it. But man, those Kairos moments, even amidst all of that other stuff, are presenting themselves to us. You know? I think about right now being the Christmas season. When people actually almost kind of think about God. Oh my goodness, this is like a tall, slow pitch over the plate. Like to bring up God, to talk about God, to invite people. You know, we have our candlelight service coming up on Christmas Eve. I can't wait. Casey's going to do this painting and it's going to be amazing. Man, what an easy thing to reach out to friends and family with. Does that make sense? We've got to make sure that we really do take what God has entrusted us with, those divine moments, those kairos moments, and capitalize on them. Now, I, I personally feel like this is an area where I've, I've felt very convicted lately. This whole idea of entrustment is something I've been studying in my quiet times, and, and uh, I, I just have been so convicted about how I don't think I've been faithful with what God has entrusted me with. I've not been growing personally the way that I should. I've not been challenging myself as a leader uh, in evangelism. My relational evangelism is just not, I'm not great at loving people. And, and I'll be honest with you guys, I have been so convicted lately. The Spirit has been challenging me and uh, it's been a time of repentance for me. And I want to apologize to the church because I lead the church and if I'm that way, and if it, that's a part of my leadership, that affects the church. And I apologize. Uh, and I am repenting. I'm having discussions about it. I'm making decisions about it. I'm getting after it. It is changing. But I want to challenge the church as well. Because if that's where I am, how's it going? You know what I mean? Like, I felt like services lately have been just kind of flat. You know what I mean? And are we really giving our best? Are we really taking what's been entrusted to us and, I mean, just going for it? Maybe you have. I'm all for that. I own my sin. I repent. But I want to call us higher. I want to challenge us. This is, 
Guys, we've been entrusted with so much. Let's lean into what God has given us. My challenge for this week is to take some time and meditate on what you've been entrusted with. To take the time and really think, oh my goodness, how much has God trusted me with in this world? And then think, what's a faithful response to this? What's a, what's a right response to where I can really just take it and, and do something amazing? Pray for those divine moments to present themselves. Like I said, we have this upcoming uh, Christmas Eve service. Man, how can, I, how can I kairos this moment and really redeem the time for God in an incredible way? Because I don't know about you guys, I want to be like Mark, where there's a legacy left. Generations later, we're reading his gospel. Or Luke, who wrote the gospel that we're, many of us will read as we go into this holiday season and think about Jesus being born, is Luke's historic account. I don't want to be like Demas, who stops leaning in and kind of drifts away into the world. Man, let's lean in. Let's be faithful with what God has given us in the Kanawha Valley Church, and God will bless it. Amen.